Testing. Just kidding. What's up? We're back. It's the Shetler Show. Um, today we got a special guest. We got franchise boy, actual name John Cummings. Say what's up, John. How y'all doing? Um, yeah, man. We're just uh, we're at my house in Taunton right now. He just stopped by, brought me a coffee. Good man. Thank you. Welcome. Um, today's sponsors is Solstice Skate Shop in New Bedford, Mass. Um, 17 years. I mean, I've done the commercials a bunch of times in the podcast, but just from my heart, I mean, Jay runs an awesome skate shop. I don't know many people that kept can keep him open for 17 years. It's not like he makes a shitload of money. Um, he just hustles and keeps it open and keeps the hype going and keeps the scene going, lets people be a part of a community and like, uh, I don't know, skate shops are the backbone of everything we do, so... I thank Jay, and I thank Solstice a lot. And if you're ever in the New Bedford, Mass. area, check it out. They got such a sick scene. There's a DIY spot. Um, no problemos right there. Mexican food, food skater-owned, skater-run. Patty's Hot Dog Shop, skater-owned, skater-run, right down the corner. Basically all in the same building. And uh, Artificial Marketplace closed, though. Right, Jared? Yeah, he actually, I remember doing the Downtown Skate Jam a couple Thursdays ago, and... Uh, he actually was contemplating on just putting everything out that he had left in the shop and just have people pick it up all for free while just walking by. I seen some stuff on the side. Yeah. I didn't know if he was selling or what he was doing. He put it out there. As far as I know, I remember him saying that he was thinking about just giving the rest out for free. It was a it was a vintage like um, furniture, like vintage store. They had tons of cool stuff, man. Like Playboys from fucking the first Playboys, basically when girls had like hairy armpits and stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was digging through those crates for a Marilyn Monroe, but it was unfortunate I didn't find one. Yeah, that might be some collector stuff. And he had all types of cool clothing and furniture and just cool stuff. We did a bunch of skate premieres there, but uh, you know, nothing lasts forever. So you know, when one door closes. Another one open, so I'm sure he's doing Like cool I said stuff. before, definitely big shout-out to Solstice Skate Shop. Jay's been definitely holding down the skateboard community out here in Massachusetts and especially in the New Bedford area for, like you said, 17-plus years. Did you go there when they were on a Union up on the second story? Yeah, I used to walk up that tall-ass staircase. Yeah. It went straight up, and they had this, like, it looked like just like a back room almost, the shop, and he yeah. held it down. He just it was succumbed it to made the soul such a, like, a large place and I'm, I'm glad it's hit the map and people know of the shop all over the world yeah it's crazy i i noticed that that people know um no solstice in other areas definitely yeah it was right above a, uh, a bookstore which kind of shows how old it is because bookstores yeah. like there's not many of them around so and then uh the window when it was in the years and years ago had solstice written with flames <laughs> on, on the big window you could see it when you're driving by i think martin did that uh it was pretty sick and he definitely takes care of the skateboard community and anybody else that goes in there and tries to see what they can get for family members of what forever the holidays and everything and i know jay and the rest of the crew that work inside there definitely take care of people that go in there and that's why i think it has such a good name and it's a label that's no one that's going to be branded i think till forever in skateboarding yeah i agree man and then um next up is all i need skateboards um let me see what we got coming up we got the narragansett beer co collab so we got a deck dropping with them and we got some socks coming um all artwork is by paul francis lambert Super excited for that. You'll be seeing, if you follow All I Need Skate on Instagram, you'll be seeing some sneak peeks. And as it all comes out, you can check it out. Um, also, we are going to go to Cali this winter, man. Just making sure 
saving the dough and going to make it happen. We're going to go out and visit the West Coast and try to make a mark out there. We'll go to Transworld and try to hit the barracks, Syndrome Skate Park, um, all over, man. We'll try to hit uh, LB Skate. There's a lot of cool stuff we're going to hit while we're out there and try to make some friends and uh, let them see Goonin and Billy skating and just Timmy and just try to destroy it while we're out there. We're going to go for two weeks. So that's what's going on with all I need skate right now. Um, but yeah, cool. All right, done with those commercials. Like I said, we got John Cummins here and I was talking to him a little bit. And, uh, you know, some people like him, some people hate him. Either way, people know of him. Um, I don't know. Let's get into it, man. Ha- ha- let's talk about where you grew up. And how you grew up, I guess, if you want to start there. I was born and raised on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Uh, That's where we met. You were living in Bourne, correct? Living in Bourne, yeah. Yeah, hell Just yeah. right over the bridge. I was in Wareham, I think. And yeah, you were in Wareham. Yeah. Definitely good time skating together growing up. What's it like What's it like uh, growing up in that area, in like the Bourne area? It's pretty beautiful there. I like it, man. It's beautiful, but... The drug abuse and stuff like that amongst people, youths, and everyone I went to school with, things like that. Yeah, I mean, Wareham... Just like had, everywhere else, yeah. Yeah, Wareham had issues with that a lot, too, like um, preg- teen pregnancy and just drug abuse at a young age. Like, yep. I mean, it's because it's, it's Cape Cod, but it's, you know... I mean, everywhere has issues, for sure. They try to... I think because of the hype that Cape Cod gets and all the money it brings in, I think they try to keep all the bullshit out. Yeah, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can swear on here, right? Keep it. Yeah, of course. Okay. Dude. We can do anything on here. All There's right. no rules. It's the internet. They can't censor us. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's pretty much, you know, Cape Cod, and even like you said, from like Wareham, which is like the gateway to the Cape, as it's known of, um, you know, all the way in through Onset, all the way to the Lower Cape, brings in. You can almost say billions of dollars a summer if you think about it. I mean, yeah, millions I mean, and millions of people go there on a weekly basis, and they don't want to put out all the stuff that should really get put out about how it's how like the, the dirty is. closet. Like they yeah, don't want pre- people to see their dirty closet. Pretty much, <laughs> they sweep it under you know, the rug. You know, it's a beautiful place, but you know, almost like anywhere. A lot of people, if you've been there for so long, I mean, you get so used to it, you, you either. Like I mean, it, I love it, but I I, I I agree. There's definitely that element there and there. You know, it's no New Bedford, it's no Fall River by no, any means. Where these cities are uh, right out there with everything. Yeah, they're just grimy, but uh, great cities, and they've only gotten better. So I, I'm not trying to put anyone down. But um, what was it like growing up in Bourne and going to school there? I mean, it seems like it's a it seems like a pretty nice place to grow up. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I pretty much kept to myself. I was pretty much one of the only five people, I think, in my whole school that actually skated. And I yeah, it was even, weird when we started skating. Yeah. It wasn't like it is now. No, it's not I, like uh, every high school kid had a skateboard. Yeah, my the town I grew up in was pretty much just mainly hippies. Everyone drove Volkswagen buses to school, and they wore Birkenstocks and corduroys and flannels. <laughs> they smelled like hippie oils, and they just smoked Julie. weed. Yeah, yeah, that stuff. And it, it was. I was the one that was, you know, back then when I was skating, that's when, like, Castell shoes were big. and oh, yeah. shoes when the cost of ones came out. The best. And uh, I used to ride creature boards and, uh, yeah, sheep. Ed Templeton had sheep footwear. One of my first pairs of shoes were sheep. Oh, yeah. Green Ed Templeton's. The shit, man. Yeah, and then uh, 
that was uh, I was pretty much it, and I was pretty much like I was an outcast. I was the class clown, but yeah, I mean, as long as I've known you, you've always been pretty outgoing, like uh, pretty funny, and just like say whatever you want. Always like a little too hyper, and uh... so I have a lot of people that don't really like my attitude about things. I I just you know I've. I've always lived life the way I want to. I say what I want. I speak my mind about what I want. I look out for my friends and family, and I really don't care what anyone has to say about me at all. So, I mean, I have people that have told up straight up told me that they hate me, and I have people that told me to say they love me. But there is no in between that you can't have a back and forth between love and hate. So it's one or another with me, and either or, that's your opinion and people's opinions, and I'm fine with everything I do in life. And I guess, like, um, where do you think it comes from? Where do you think, like, the animosity comes from? Uh, just like anybody. Um, I think a lot has to do with jealousy, success, and some people just, in their opinion, they don't know anything about you, and those assumptions always come out. Why do you, like, um, I guess, like... I can see that. I, I understand those reasonings. Like, I can see that on a certain level. But, uh, I mean, what do you think they're jealous of? What did that you got to go and be a part of skateboarding industry and you know people? And I think, like, one of the things that people kind of are like, I, I hear come up occasionally is like, why is that dude there? What has he done? Why is he at these events? How did, it, which to me, it's like, Dude, if he's there, he knows someone, he's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not, like, if you don't know someone and you didn't get to go there, like, that's, like, that's not a reason to hate someone. No. So. Uh, I think it has to do with, I mean, look, the people I end up growing up with, skating in the industry and things like that, even before then, like, you know, we grew up together. Yeah. You can name them. Go and, ahead. Like, the people you know, that you knew growing up, because we grew up in a pretty yeah. cool skate scene where there's people actually turn pro and Yeah, I mean, out. like, you got yourself, Anthony Shetler. Brandon Westgate, Zara Bassett, Nick Don Pierre, Eli Reed. You got a lot Jeremy of Rogers. Jeremy Rogers. Yeah, Boston. Not just Boston. It gets labeled as Boston, but the whole little New England Massachusetts Williams. area. Yeah, dude, ridiculous. How yep. many people? Uh, I'm dude, sorry, Jamal Williams. Jamal right? Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have, and then you have like you know, your Andy McDonald's. I was like one of the first dudes I ever met. Yeah. I never knew anything about pro skateboarding when I uh, pro skateboarding when I first started skateboarding. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> I, I, there used to be a, a Greek Orthodox church where everyone used to go skating, and I see all these skateboards, and uh, I actually fell in love with skateboarding because like I myself, you know, everyone does their own. I've never done drugs in my life, never smoked a cigarette, never tried drinking. Really? Yeah. What the fuck? Why? Uh. Just curious. <laughs> I'm not judging. I've right seen, uh, you know, from growing up throughout the years, alcohol, uh, alcoholism runs in my family. Um, I've, I'm pretty much the only person that has never, I'm the only one in my family that I, that has not drank before. That's crazy. You know, um, and from friends and everything, from drug abuse and things like that, I've, from my teenage years, I lost my first friend at the age of... 13 I was 13 no 12 or 13 and I had a friend that uh OD'd and ended up getting found naked in a pond frozen upside down with his ankles hanging out no person good. found in the middle of the winter like that and it's cause he took uh, a bad hit of LSD Jesus yeah horror stories man oh yeah so I just I pretty much just stayed about against that and you know I just skated and like when I used to go to this place like I said the Greek Orthodox Church 
never knew anything about a pro skateboarder. Well, I guess supposedly they had like their little click, and if you wanted to get in there to skateboard over like which was just a bunch of coke crates and little sidewalk mini pads all waxed that was all we skated originally to all do tricks over yeah it was like whatever was yeah. in the parking lot you yeah. were skating <laughs> so rip down like a street sign and like just ride over to 50-50 fuck it yeah so like I would go up there and I didn't know how I, I could barely even ollie and I used to push Mongo for many years which you knew when we first started going you know I was rolling for years I was pushed Mongo and people still push I had a shaggy today. bowl cut it. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> I had the ill bowl cut. And um, they told me, if you ever want to skate here, you got to name three pro skateboarders. And you can't name Simon Woodstock and you can't name Tony Hawk. And those are two dudes I even knew. I didn't even know who the hell they were. <laughs> so I'm going, what the hell is a pro skateboarder? And they pretty much gave me the boot. There was like 10 of them. They're like, yeah, you can't skate here. So I picked up my first 411 video magazine. Hell yeah. Shout out to 411. God Hell rest yeah. your souls. But you guys were so ill. Ortiz, what up, baby? 411. Is, issue number six. Wow. That was 1994. That's when it was made. Summer of 94. I put that in. I saw a bunch of like 20 ramps. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Man. And I put in a... Uh, you, knew through skate, you knew three skateboarders after that shit, though. After yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just named guys off of 411 after. I didn't know who the fuck they were. But yeah. So, um... That was it, and then I just made my own ramps inside of my my driveway and in my street, and I kept to myself. And I just that's all I did, and then uh, ended up making. Uh, do you remember the mini ramp inborn behind a friend's house, like a three foot mini ramp? Um, Big chubby Asian kid, John Aurelio. I don't. Oh, we used that. to have like that, and, like little local things in the neighborhood. We used to make around there. And then after that, like I said, I just started, like, my first official trip ever going on it was with you up at Rye Airfield. Yeah. When you were on Five Bar, and I drove, that's when I picked up Don Pierre, because he, I don't think he could drive then. And then dude. Westgate just got on Five Bar. Yeah. And we were doing it at Rye Airfield. That was, like, my first thing. And, like, after that, like. I wonder if that was the demo where Andy Mack hit uh, Seamus, our team manager. Andy Mack rode by. While Seamus was filming, and, and at that time at Rye Airfield, they made the filmer wear a helmet while he was filming. And Annie Mack rode by and hit Seamus's helmet off his head while Seamus was looking into his fisheye. And we're all we were all like, "Holy shit, did that just happen?" And we weren't really sure. But then later, my homie Dan was filming second angle from yeah. up above, and we watched it. And sure, sure as day, man, Andy Mack came rolling across the park. Didn't even know Seamus, and for no reason, just fucking smacked that. That's, that's the, that, that was that demo. It was. We, we man was there, probably, because <laughs> I remember on the front it said. Uh, um, they, they ne- it just like they really didn't give a shout out to Fireball on the demo. They had a big sign out front and it said, uh, "Come see pro skateboarders Andy McDonald and Wee Man." And you change the sign around to say uh, "Penis Man." <laughs> they took it. all the words, like all the words, first and said "Penis Man" on there. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Nothing yeah. against Wee Man, but that's pretty funny. Yeah, that was it. Was that was good? And then, yeah, that's pretty much. And then after that, I just uh, started doing a bunch of local contests and. Yeah, we had stuff in Bourne, right? Wasn't yeah. there Swan Festival? The Swan Festival, yep, that was that was sick. I Gabe. remember, I remember you made a uh, a bootleg board signed by someone. I forget who it was. You like 
you like forged, forged a fucking ill name <laughs> and people like fought for the board like crazy <laughs> oh yeah and then that's I, I won that contest originally but then they disqualified me because I didn't wear pads during my run oh man fuck you right yes yeah, so they, they gave me a ten dollar gift card to Walmart and then they took it back and ripped it up yep. <laughs> like oh, sorry yeah. man you should have been wearing pads that's exactly what they said oh, oh yeah bunch of pricks so alright well how did how did you get to meet Don Pierre? Because I feel like, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like Don Pierre kind of like if you if you if someone doesn't know you or to the people that do know you, I know they see you go to Tampa and they see you with these pro skateboarders and like hanging out and all that stuff. At, you know, not just at the skate parks, but out at the clubs or wherever. Yeah. And uh, I feel like uh, like the first time these dudes ever met you was it through Nick? I feel like Nick kind Dom of Pierre, opened the door for you to be able to meet people. And, and Don Pierre, him and I were very, very close. We we still we still are close, and we we keep touching on a daily basis and everything. Uh, it was awesome. Like you know, uh, like I said, like we always were mutual friends growing up, skating through the local parks around here and everything. And then we just started clicking and hanging out a lot more, and going out places skating. And then he, uh, I don't know if it was Tampa. X Games or Dutour, but it was one of the, the contests he invited me to. And then after that, like, I just started clicking with other guys, and, like, Don Pierre took me to every single event you could think of. Yeah. Like, he held it down for me, like, you know, if I couldn't afford a flight, he would, like, hook it up with a flight for me, and, like, you know, he'd be like, yo, get me back later. He would, you know, take care, you know, the rooms would be all set, passes, everything like that, and it was, like, it, it was awesome, dude. Like, I, I was loving it. And then I started meeting, you know, all the other pros and shit like that. And then I became real close homies with them. And then I used to get calls from them. Like, hey, you want to come out to this and that? It would be awesome if you come out. You're a lot of fun. Everything from even team managers to agents to... And then companies just started sending shit to my house. Yeah. And it, it was really cool. And, like, I... You know, I didn't take any of it for granted. I was, I was very... Happy and humble and surprised if I had like anything extra. My ears itchy. But anything if I had anything extra, because I was getting I was getting like lost up. I would I would you know hook up local kids and hook up certain friends and stuff like that didn't have much and like I was pretty much like give it back and it felt it felt good and like I let them I let other people know like hey you know I'm doing this and that and a lot everything where I'm at today all has to do with Don Pierre Nick Nick. I mean, even me growing up, like, I've always wanted to, you know, I, I dreamt of, like, being a pro skateboarder or things like that. But, like, my, you know, my family was always like, you know, you got to work all the time, this and that. And, like, a lot of pros, amazingly, a lot of them came from being, like, like a zero thing, misled youth. Like, yeah. a lot of them either didn't graduate high school or they had family issues. And all they had, their, their main focus was skateboarding. And a lot of... People today are successful do that, and like it's awesome. Like I, you know, I, I always wanted, I always thought it'd be cool to be a pro skateboarder and shit like that. But you know, I didn't get to travel and skate all the time, and I, I, I'm so happy with seeing so many of my friends so successful, and from hanging out with people in the industry and stuff like that. Like it's crazy to see. There's a lot of like bit of war in the industry too, which is at the moment gnarly. Yeah, yeah. dude. Um, before we go forward, I do want to say that like, um, oh, that, that sounded like a nasty ass chopper, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna say was like, 
uh, I had a couple things to say. One was like, how did you become friends with Nick? Because like Nick, as a little kid, he was like a little angry kid that like was pretty antisocial for the most part. Like I feel like people always thought Nick was mad at him or just had a bad attitude or something. How 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 did you how did you like in you coming out? And I know you're very talkative and very yeah. over the top sometimes, like with your personality, whether that's a choice or just how you you are. How did you guys click? Like, I don't. I, it seems like you guys would clash, but I, I mean, it, it did. Yeah, I know. No, um, Nick and I ended up becoming. He was randomly. He just got done filming with. Was he on real at this time? Because I know he was on real as a little. Yeah, kid. he was still. He was. He was. He was am for real. Uh, I think this is like two thousand five or two thousand six. We started, you know, like. We, we switched numbers again because we lost contact over since, you know, excuse me, uh, when, like, it was, like, right after he left Fireboro to Real. Yeah. And then, you know, he was so busy traveling with them and everything like that. And I think I saw him. He was filming with uh, Bob Costa. Oh, yeah. Shout yeah. out to Bob. What up, old man Bob? B-O-H. <laughs> Hell, yeah. So uh, <laughs> we, ended, <laughs> we ended up um, meeting in, like, a Walgreens parking lot or something like that. I remember in Fairhaven. And we just switched numbers, and then randomly, like, we always just end up getting up to skate and things like that. And, like, everyone says, you know, everyone has their opinion about how he was quiet and things like that. And, like, even in interviews, like, crazy-ass magazine interviews, he, like, really, like, pull up, like, dude, like, why does everyone think I'm pissed off? And, like, <laughs> it, like you know how Nick is, too. Like, like a lot of, and people around here know how he is. He, he, he may, he, he always just, I guess he always has that. Look in his face. Don't fuck with me. Like yeah, <laughs> but he is seriously one of the most genuine, nicest, loving fucking people on this earth. Yeah, you know, I've never seen him like talking negative about anybody, or you know, he give he he always respected everything and always took care of people, and you know, even like aside from myself, dude, like he always looked out. He did a lot. What people do for it, no his matter crew, what. Dude. Everyone that he ever yeah. took, a, everyone went, as his career was blossoming, his took his brothers on trips. He yep. would like he'd always take care of his home. Yeah, dude, and like there's there's no better film in the world like that. That dude hit my heart, and he's like the reason why I'm at today, and why I have like you know I get like my sponsors and my different companies that hook me up now and shit like that how you have your connections all my connections like other than that dude like it's all because of Don Pia Don Pia took me to where I'm at now you know yeah that's right man and it feels it feels really good to say that like and I get it out (laughs) there's not there's not enough there's you know like even himself like there's even to this day like I'll shoot him texts randomly or like for me up and like I let him know I'm like dude I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it was not for you you're the one that brought me to where I'm at I was I was gonna say before was like the cool thing about skateboarding that I like is that like you were saying you always dreamt of being a pro skateboarder most kids when you find skateboarding you get into it and you hear that you could be a pro skateboarder that seems like the coolest thing in the world mm-hmm. cool thing about skateboarding is that people can be involved in it that aren't pro skateboarders like you could be a team manager you could be a brand manager you could be a personality you yeah. could you could be an, an announcer you could be like a ramsey type character you Correct. know what i mean like that's what's cool about skating is it's more of a community like I, you need artists you need all types of videographers and like it's just like 
it's cool that skating allows people to be part of that dream, even if they didn't get a chance to be yeah. a pro skateboarder because of their parents pressuring them to get a thing or whatever, or whatever comes up, you know, like you said before, for me, I had nothing to lose and I wanted to be a pro skateboarder and I had no family and, and they were just like all over the place. So I had no one telling me what to do. Correct. So I just indulged in skating you, for my health. <laughs> you and, my sanity, and, like, so. I, and, and like you, like do like you. I saw you blossoming from, like we were spoken about earlier. I've known you since I was 16 years old. I'm 31 now. Yeah. And. It's funny because it, most people wouldn't know that we've known each other for so long. I've known you longer than pretty much a lot the, of whole, people. the whole industry. Pretty, you're, yeah, the, yeah. you're the first person I pretty much. You know from the beginning to the end, for yep. sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. With the skating side of my life. Correct. Absolutely. At, from 13 on. Yeah. And then, so it's like, you know, I'm happy where I'm at. Like, and now. I get to travel and do these things. Yeah, I guess I wanted to kind of get into that. Is like, um, what are some of the highlights that you've got? Like, people invited you, and did they? Did you, you were saying a little bit before that, like, you met these people through traveling with Nick, and you kind of networked, and then people just liked who you were and your personality, and like, because I think that's maybe where a lot of the jealousy and judgment comes from. Is like. You know, you you get to travel and be at these events, and you're hanging out with pro skateboarders, and people are kind of like, "Well, fuck this dude! Like, he's not pro. Like, why does he get to be there? Why? Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, and then they find out you used to push Mongo, and then they see oh, yeah. Manuel and across the course on one foot, and they're just like, "What the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and uh, so like, you, what do you think it is? People just like who you are. You you bring the vibes. Like, what is it that that makes these people want to hang out with you and bring you places and invite you and uh, to live this lifestyle that pro skateboarders live? I love doing nothing but to motivate people I'm with. Like, I love giving that motivation. I love putting in the hyper, and I just I just love to see people happy. You yeah. know, there's only so long. Like, this is one. You have to be gifted to be in the skateboard community. It's a very gifted talent yeah. to do. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Not many people become successful off of it. And even people that don't become successful off of it do it for the love of it. Absolutely. And they kill it than some people that get paid to do it for a living. Yeah, like, there's tons of life for so, so yeah. I agree. Of all ages. No recon- they get no recognition, no, nothing, no, no. but they just it's in their yeah. heart. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. Like you know, I was just uh, I was just talking to, uh, like I said, shout out to Chet Thomas. Talking to him yesterday about legend. you know, yeah, big legend. Yeah, you know, he just came off of the new company he's kicking out. Yeah, it was Rec Wheels. Rec right? Wheels. Yeah, they got a website while we're on it. Uh, I know they have Instagram. It's Rec, just W R E C K, Wheels. Okay. Um, you know, yeah, RecWheels dot com looks like that's what it is. Best year mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, that's it right there. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it looks pretty good, man. All the black and white. And yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And then you have like, you know, like I, I talk to like a lot of people on a regular basis, dude. And I get asked to go to a lot of places. Sometimes I can make them. Sometimes I can't. Yeah. And You it, pay your way on a lot of the way, a lot of the ones too? Or so they help you out? Or how's that? Yeah. Um, it depends. I mean, usually I'll, usually a lot of times if I could do it, like I'll fly myself out and things like that. Uh, sometimes even companies or even uh, the homies will just take care of the room for me. You know, I'll pay for my room and like I'll be there and they'll be like, "Yeah, room's all set." You know, I remember one year, actually two separate years, bro. Like uh, Ryan Desenzo, 
Uh, huge ripper right there, right? I mean, just look at his footage. I mean, amazing. I mean, I I clicked with him like right off the rip, and I and his agent was actually from Rhode Island. Oh shit! Yeah, so uh, he, he lives out on the west now, but like him and like he was just like he looked at me one day and he was like, "Dude, you ever need anything? Let me know." So randomly, I got a, I got a text from him. Uh, asked me to go to X Games a couple of years ago when Nick couldn't make it. He's like, "Hey, you coming out with Don Pierre this year?" I was like, oh. "I was like, well, Nick's not going, so probably not. I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna bother going. You know what I mean?" And he was like, "Dude, you book your flight right now. Come out tomorrow. I got you for everything. Damn, I got you for all your credentials. I got you for the whole weekend." I got you for meals, and I got you for a room. That's nice. <laughs> and I was like, seriously? Yeah, yeah. And I, I was hesitant, you know what I mean? Because it's not much, it's not often you get people that offer things for you. So, you know, yeah, I'll buy the flight out there, but... Usually shit that's free is like comes at a price. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> and I went out there, dude, and he stayed out, he stayed out there, and he bounced. And like, like I got there... He got the room, everything, everything was fun. He goes, he's like, oh, when's your flight out? I, I booked it. He's like, well, I'm leaving early, but the room's on me. I'm paying for it. Damn. Just don't trash it with partying. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. I was like, you know, which I which I held the respect with that. And then. Well, he, I mean, you don't smoke or drink. So no, but I love to the party. Sober. That's the fact you see my Instagram. I, yeah, mean, I yeah. do nothing but I love to go out and party at clubs. It's kind of weird because yeah. I, get, I get VIPs and I get alcohol, but I don't drink any of it. <laughs> I just pretty much, you know. And, and like, as long as it makes you happy. Yeah, and the same thing from like just other big contests all around the country. Like, same different people call me up. Yo, got you for this, got you for that. And it, it felt weird because I'm sitting here going like, what? Like, how, I don't know how to repay these dudes. Like, what? What do you want me to do? Yeah. But they told me, and like, from even like other pro skaters and people there in the like contests and shit, like. The industry, they just tell me that, like, just for me being me and my personality and everything like that brings so much hype and excitement to everybody that they they enjoy my liveliness around them. So that's why they took care of me. I'm sitting there going, like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know? And then one time uh, when Nick was on DC, uh, she was like, the I met the, at the time, the vice president of the marketing and everything like that right. had no idea who she was and she sat there mad bummed. So I just rolled up, started having conversation to her and I was kind of trying to hit on her but I didn't know who she was. She was really hot. And then uh, her husband came over and like he was like running things for like Monster and he was like an ex-pro snowboarder and I was like, well, this dude's like wicked tan and burly. So, all right. She's probably not hit on yeah, her anymore. Yeah, probably not good anymore. So then... Uh, she introduced me, you know, as franchise boy, and he was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of you. You're friends with Nick. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yep. Start conversating, and then she explained to me who she was, and then she just started, like, randomly do, like, DC packages started showing up in my house. Damn. And then monster packages, and then, like, as time went on, and I think that's when a lot of people around, a lot of people started hating me. Yeah. Is because... I wasn't known for being a skater, maybe, in the industry, or people wondering what the fuck happened, and then people probably thought I was being a moocher off of things, as in, but I've never asked for anything. Yeah. I would just get asked what my address is, would love to send you some things, and, like... When you hang out, when you hang out with people 
and they like you, and they're they're involved with these contests. Like, there's a side of skating that's super mainstream. It, yeah, and it's super mainstream, and it comes off a bit corny to like raw skate rats. And, but it, but it's a side of skating that exists. You know, the monsters, the DCs, the energy drinks, all that stuff. You hang out with those dudes. They have massive budgets, and if you and I imagine if you bring a good personality that they like, and you promote their stuff just through hype and be, being yep. grateful and thankful to be there, and you're friends with the right people, I imagine that they're going to give you stuff so you can promote and keep the hype going. Absolutely, it's like they have excess and they have marketing dollars, and they budget, have so much. So. They have so much of a budget that they, from what I've explained, they have so much of a budget that they have to spend between this time and this time before an audit comes, yeah. and then they. And then they have this much they can spend between these few months, and like they have to meet that certain budget and yeah. send out. It's like that, and then like after that stuff, I start getting from this other company down in Texas. Like I, another thing, I was just sitting out in Vegas at the Dew Tours, and uh, I was in Vegas sitting at the Pink Taco, the Hard yeah. Rock, you know. Yeah. And this dude I was ate there a bunch. Yeah, dude, this dude yeah. was just sitting there, right? And I, he was sitting next to me for breakfast, and I'll forget this, and. Uh, his name's uh, White T. That's his like name down there. White T. White T. Like T T-shirt. I guess. Yeah, uh, he's just else? a white dude with like crazy curly hair. Dude. So, like, wouldn't expect anything of him. So it was his twenty-first birthday. I just started talking about this and that. Then there was a company called Yums. Yeah, I remember Yums. Started shooting the shit about him, this and that. He gives me a card. He's like, "Listen, call me this weekend." I want to send you some things. But how do you want to send me things for? He's like... He knows you who s- you're hanging out with. He's like, you celebrated my birthday. I introduced him to PLG, Pierre Lugagin. Yeah. You know, PLG came in that moment with his girl and everything. We started shooting the shit. And then once they started seeing, you know, like you said, they started seeing me with different people that I knew, that's when he was just like, here you are. Then I'm getting boxes sent of like, you know, between $150 to $200 pairs, friggin' sneakers to my fucking house, like yeah. nonstop every month of these packages. And I'm going, what the fuck am I going to do with all these? Some of the shit I don't even like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And then, like, same thing with him. Like, he, like, that dude, like, turns out he runs the Yums company with this uh, rapper down there, like that. And Big T. Uh, I think so. I think it, yeah, some shit like that. Yeah. yeah. So he started taking care of everything from there. And then, like, like I said, like a lot of dudes have always held down. Jeff Pang, Jeff Pang's held me down before. What up, Pang? You know, OG mixtape, yo. Yep. Pang's a legend, New York legend, man. Jeff Pang, look him up. If you guys don't know about Jeff Pang, skateboarding, look him up, man. <laughs> Hands down, gritty, raw, awesome. Speaking of Jeff Pang, I want to give a shout out to the. I remember I went on a zoo trip. Yeah. In 2003, called the Buck Wild Tour, they put me with the legend. Harold Hunter is my roommate. <laughs> that was probably a, uh, <laughs> good for you. Man. That was a setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good, but also a setup. <laughs> okay. But it's a good story. Man. It's a good story. Okay. <laughs> That's the only dude I've ever seen wash his feet while flushing the toilet. Okay. <laughs> and sing at a country bar. Yeah, a crazy ass black dude singing yes. at a country bar. Oh yeah, sounds that, Dude, that 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 was that was crazy. That was probably. Uh, uh, that was that was an amazing. Oh, is that your phone? No, that's probably mine. That's probably yours. Yeah. Yeah, Harold's the man. He's a legend, and like I, when I wrote for Zoo, he, it was already he was already uh, not on Zoo, so I missed out on that. But uh, yeah, crazy. <laughs> Dude, yeah, like the, the, the I was rooming with him. 
Um, Besides washing his feet, taking a shit. Oh, like, dude, I guess he had like, I, I think he, he had like bad athletes for something. So his foot was like burning him or something like that. So he stuck it in the toilet and like flushed it. Like, oh, he washed him in the toilet. Yeah, in the, in the toilet. toilet, dude. Like, <laughs> put his foot in the toilet, like flushed him. Like, what the fuck is up with this? Because they told me, like, the dude, the dude's like, yeah, you know, that's when like Todd Jordan rode for him and Billy the, Rowan. The and, epic team. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, like, yeah. that's when Z was on the team. Anthony Korea, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. So, like, I'm sitting there and like, they're like, yeah, like, yo, come on, come on with us, and that was it. And then uh, he brought home this, he, he brought home a chick from the country bar, this like foreign chick, and like he like ripped off like her boots or something like that, and she, her like feet stunk up the room. She's like, I didn't get a pedicure, and like he was like trying to suck her toes and shit. Like, <laughs> that dude made me laugh so hard. One of the funniest motherfuckers. Holy shit, dude, you know. And then uh, I had the privilege to the van was too big. I remember on a trip, so that's my. Do you remember my Maxima? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he he hopped in the car with me and we started driving and we had a freestyle rap session together with Harold. Dad. Harold, dude, yeah. going all the way to a fucking other from one park to another, dude. It was, <laughs> it was fucking. It was it was insane. That right there would be probably. That's definitely one of the one of the trips I remember. There's so many stories I have and a lot of them I'm probably not gonna ever share. Shout, yeah. shout out to Peach Rings. So good. Can I have the last one? Yeah. Good man. Good man. That's cool, man. That's a trip. Not a lot of people can say they got a room with Harold Hunter. That's like every, a lot of people out there always wonder about Harold and hear crazy stories. And like, that's a cool experience to have, you know? Yeah, that's that's definitely one thing. Like, I always remember that was back in two thousand three, dude. Almost eleven. That's eleven years ago. I was 20, 20 years old. Getting, I just turned twenty one. I think we're getting old, man. Mm-hmm. It's all right though. Like anything else, dude. Like, ask me whatever. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I, I want to keep going, kind of like um, I, I just kind of am confused. Like I know that me and you had ups and downs at times too. You know what I mean? Just like um, I don't know. To me, you came off kind of like um, how can I word this so I don't confuse it? I guess I was part of the group that was just like, dude, why is this guy here? How is he doing it? Why? Like I don't know. To me, you always seemed like you were just kind of like. Faking the funk and like building up people's ego to get involved, but I mean, I don't know if that's my own issues or whatever it is. But you know, I was always just like, I'm gonna distance myself because I don't really know John that well anymore. Like we knew each other as little kids. Yeah. Time goes by, I gotta go through all I go through. You go through all you go through. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I'm I'm big. I'm 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 big on just like you know when someone's over the top with me. And they're too friendly and I don't know them anymore. I'm kind of like I draw back. You know what I mean? So I keep trying to think of how I felt about your presence and seeing you and like trying to figure it out. And now that I'm like older and I'm just like I see the industry for what it is and I get how things work now. Now I just like um, my perspective on you is just that you met the right people and you're just excited about skateboarding you took advantage of what you could take advantage of and i mean i can't knock it like if i because I, i've been a skateboarder and i've got to do it all and travel the world and do everything that you know i've wanted to do based off of my talent and hard work and sacrifice and things that i've done so to me it's like I've, everything i've ever received has been fucking earned to the fullest with with uh, blood sweat and tears you know so I can see why there's kids out there and people out there that are like, how the fuck is this dude here? Why? He doesn't deserve it. Blah, 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 you know? But at the same time, it's like, if you had the chance to just 
love skating and you got to meet Nick Don Pierre and he brought you places and then you got to meet people and network and you could bring some sort of value with that. Like, I mean, we bring Ramsey places and it's like Ramsey can kickflip and shove it and like yep. he puts his heart into it, but he's no pro skateboarder. But he has a personality. He brings hype and he oh, brings yeah. value. He'll film. He's the team manager now. Like he organizes everything and like so. I mean, it just goes back to like skating and saying that you know skate. There wouldn't be any pro skateboarders without all the other people around them, the community, the the people that love it. You know, and uh, it's important. I, um, so uh, I wanted to ask you how franchise came about, franchise boy, because I think that I think a lot of the the animosity comes because you come off kind of like like um, pop culture, like Yums and fucking you got like a rapper alias named Franchise Boy, or like <laughs> you're in the club hanging out, like this lifestyle that in skateboarding. There's a small fraction that think that it's cool, like the upper echelon, like the dudes in the do tour and all the dudes that are like corporate money. And then the rest of skateboarding is like core, like kind of like fuck all that, just skate rat shit. Like, so to them, the majority, it probably comes off as corny. So, but where did Franchise Boy come from? And like, is it, are you, were you trying to market yourself or like, have you ever thought of any positions like where you could actually get a job within the industry? Like I saw you skate in the team manager contest at Tampa, uh, pro one year. Um, yeah, just kind of elaborate where Franchise Boy came from and your thoughts on everything I was just saying. <laughs> uh, no, I, what, what I think really has everything screwed up is we're all, we're, we're all in this industry for one thing and that is the love for skateboarding. I hope so. The one thing that, and what you see it too, is like, like I say, like, especially for me being around everything and even you and all the other things, you get to see about who's doing it for the love. The motives. People's motives. you got some people that, and I've seen it firsthand, fucking in places, which we all have, and that's. Keep going. I'm sorry. The, the money, dude. Yeah, yeah. It corrupts. You know, and I'm getting hairy for you. It's a, that's I know nice. You don't mind. I seen you should take your shirt off all the time. Yeah, you shouldn't me. <laughs> it's hot in this. You know. Book. Yeah, it is. And the money. I agree, the, man. Like the money corrupts shit. It it corrupts from especially like when I when we first got skating all the way now like and we were driving and around cool, like like Jeep. even before like I even met like when I started going out like people you would see. In the industry, like you see in Scavey and shit like that, then you fucking meet them in person. You're like, what the fuck is up with this dude? You're like, I've had that happen so many times. It's like, dude, this guy's amazing at skateboarding. He's my idol. And then you meet him, you're like, he's a fucking shitbag. I don't even care what he can do on a skateboard. Fuck that yeah. dude. He's and then, fuck. And then that's when you have your, that's when everything fucking like butts heads at. Yeah. You know? Franchise Boy, this name came at. I forget how the fuck I got that name. Someone gave it to me because I was really big into wearing jewelry and diamond teeth and all sorts of dumb shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, they just like, someone like randomly was just like, for a while, you know, because you remember when I had the name TCI, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like TCI was, I figured, who the fuck gave that name to me? Yeah, I don't know. You know? Just came about. Yeah, TCI stood for uh, Turbocharged Idiot. That was my thing. I was like, today, you know, I'm still hyper. I run everywhere. I do what the fuck I Turbocharged. Yeah, I just go. <laughs> and that and that's, that may go up a lot of people's asses, and that's what I was. Sometimes I'm too hyper for some people's freaking uh, 
When we were younger, man, Thanks. I would tell you all the time because I had emotional issues and I needed yeah. more calmness than wildness. And you were over the top, and we'd butt heads. And I'd be like, "John, you're too fucking much." You yeah, know? and that's where it came. I can understand it. <laughs> yeah, and like, like she hasn't changed. Like I'm still like a wild, wild boy everywhere, and you know, I just pretty much. But you yeah. ran with the name Turbocharger. I mean, not Turbocharger. You ran with the name Franchise Boy. Just yeah. made it your Instagram. Yeah, it just it just like stuck to me. Like it all fucked with MySpace. Like MySpace was like the first thing. Like oh, I, yeah. I, I had this Franchise Boy. That was it. Like <laughs> it was fun. Like I did like joking around and like because someone gave me that name for like a couple months. Like they're like, oh look, it's Franchise Boy, Franchise Boy. And then I was just like, okay, I guess I'll just stick Fuck with that. Yeah. You know, Franchise Boy now. Yeah. So then <laughs> that's when I started getting like all the other different social media into that and. It, you know, it played a favor in me, and it also didn't play in favor. Like it's it's a name you, some people won't forget, you know. Yeah, and it works both ways. I'm yeah, sure. so I mean, I'm happy. Like I don't regret one thing in my life whatsoever. You know, I do a regular job. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that actually. What do you do for work right now? I'm a correction officer with a prison for the criminally insane. Yeah, been, that's pretty gnarly. I've huh? been doing that for <laughs> six and a half years. And uh, let me tell you, it's one hell of a battle. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, nonstop. I mean, I can't talk about anything that goes in there due to... I'm not allowed to talk about anything that goes on there. Yeah. But They're criminally insane. So it's a uh, correctional it's a, it's a prison that are insane. Correct. It's a prison for criminals that, are that have a mental illness. And the only way you get sent to my prison is to be court-ordered by a judge. The police can't send you there. Another prison can't send you there. So, like... I've seen dudes straight castrate themselves. I've seen guys rip their intestines out. I've seen guys rip their eyeballs out. I've seen guys... Fuck. Just totally mutilate other guys and have no remorse and just sit there and be like, yeah, I just took off my ball bag. I'm going to stand here till I pass out type shit. Jeez. You know? I've that's seen guys... <laughs> fuck. You know, I mean, emotionally it does fuck with me and that's what the, the skate industry gets me away from that. Like, people wonder why I do it. And a lot of people in the industry, like... Tampering, like the people that really know me, also like that, they sit there and ask about my life and shit like that. Like, you know, I, I explain to them about certain things and like skateboarding and traveling, and shit like that. That's my freedom. That's my get, my going away. We have a eighty-seven percent divorce rate in my job. We have like a seventy-five percent suicide rate in my job. You know, it's and, not an easy job. No, I mean, <laughs> I I can't even tell you how many friggin' bodies I've seen dead and had to like do crazy shit you know and shit like that like skateboarding frees my mind from that skateboarding took me away from all the drugs and the alcohol from like my own perspective like that's what I want to do and that's my freedom there's no other better feeling in the world to know that you can hop on a skateboard dude and just let loose everything. you don't have to think about anything in the world you don't have to do tricks you hop on your board those four wheels hit the fucking ground the and you alone. coast yeah. you just coast dude mm-hmm. and and, and when you get that certain speed and you have that wind hit you in the face and everything, and if you could close your eyes and just take a deep breath, yeah. it, like, it makes you appreciate life so much more. And like, like that's, that's what skateboarding did for me. Skateboarding, from, and from the people I've hung out with, I'm like, look where skateboarding took you from, people you've, you've grown up with and known. Yeah. If it wasn't for skateboarding, where do you think you would possibly be, honestly, Anthony? Drugs, alcohol, depressed, probably either. I'd be dead. I was suicidal as a little kid, just like too many issues. Mom's on drugs, didn't really care about me. She she did, but she didn't care about herself, so how the fuck can she care about her kids? Father fucking passed away when I was 13, the only positive thing in my life. Um, 
I was thinking about suicide. I was just miserable every day, going to school, looking at kids that come from maybe like a place where you come from, where there's money and wealth and, uh, you know, stability. And I was just angry at all these people because I was born into a life at a disadvantage. And, uh... Just thought about, I thought about killing myself multiple times, man. I can't tell you how many times in tears. Though I look myself in the eyes in the mirror in the bathroom when I think about killing myself and I just like fucking battle it out with my own mind it look, while looking myself dead in the mirror. Just like, I'm going to deal with this and I'm going to try to work it out or I'm just going to end it. And for whatever reason, every time I looked myself in the mirror crying like a motherfucker... I just couldn't kill myself. I just, like, thought of everyone I loved. I thought about my family, my sisters, my brothers. I even thought about my mom because I don't want to paint her as a criminal. Mm-hmm. I mean, not as a criminal, as a bad guy because she has issues, you know? Think bad things happen to her as a little kid. It's like a violence, cycle of violence that continues, you know? So at the end of the day, I was like, I couldn't do it because... I just think of everyone I'd be leaving and all these people that needed... I was always a... like. I always, like, with my family and friends, I always kept it positive. Like, I forced myself to see silver linings all the time. So, I realized a lot of people relied on that, that silver lining that I could always find. I could always find a silver lining. One thing I could do. So, I couldn't kill myself because I was just like, if I'm not here to find this silver lining, I don't know if these people will. And maybe they would have, I don't know. But in my head, that's just what kept me, like, okay. And then I found skating at 13 and thoughts of suicide were gone. Because the idea, like you said, like... As a little kid, I always chased after that feeling, just throwing my board down and rolling. And then after you learn how to do tricks and create stuff just from your thoughts with your style and your vision, and you can put your blood, sweat, and tears into it, and it builds a community. It's just like I had no more thoughts of suicide. I just had like, oh, I have something that's mine. You know, we each have our own thing. Like skating for us is our own thing in our hearts, you know. And uh, yeah, that's so – but you know what I mean? But that's where that animosity comes from too because I'm from – I'm from a completely different background from you. Absolutely. We both we both live life and go through ups and downs. Everyone has ad- adversity and goes through hell. I don't care where you're from. Some people, I I'm, I feel like I'm lucky as fuck to be born how I was born because I have so many qualities that when you come from a good background, they're very hard to obtain. Because when you come from a background like mine, the appreciation I have because I've seen the lowest of the low. It's like there, you know what I mean? Like I, I was just washing my hand in clean water the other day, and I was like, "This is awesome!" Like clean water on my hands. I was just like smelling the water. I'm like, and now I'm thinking, like, what if there's no more clean water? Like how much I'd miss that, you know what yeah. I mean? But that comes from being, a, being suicidal and having a fucking nothing and being homeless at times and just like worrying. Like that, that appreciation was bred from that. And when you're born from a different perspective when everything's kind of given to you or people it's hard to to really have these qualities not impossible because i meet a lot of people that come from good backgrounds my friends jeff and tim they come from great backgrounds blue you know not not wealthy but blue collar families good parents and they appreciate their parents and everything and i love that I, i think that's harder to do than do what i did i had no choice it was like either i kill myself or i find silver linings and start growing and figure things out but when you come from means, when you come from a family that provides for you and stuff, it's easy to take that shit for granted. It's easy to be like, oh, I deserve this car. Fuck yeah. it. I deserve all this. Like, because you don't know no better. You know what I mean? It's easy to take shit for granted. It's way easier. So when I see little kids that are like real appreciative to their parents and older people that are like, yeah, I had good parents and I always valued them or they take care. I, I think that's harder to do than what I did, you know? I love that shit. 
But yeah, so that's that, I don't know where we're going, but that's a little side rant right there. Oh, uh, back to the franchise boy. Have you ever thought about like trying to like besides just like having these people kick you product, having these people fly you around and stuff? Have you ever like thought about getting a position? I mean, you have a full time job, but have you ever thought about? Um, a side gig with skating or trying to get a position as a team manager. You skated the Tampa Pro. We should talk about that. You should tell your story about that. Because um, you skated in the TM. Product and, sh- product and stuff like that. Getting into the industry. Um, I have had offers and ideas brought to me by people in the industry. Um, honestly, uh, and and I, I I declined, like I told them, like, yeah, you know, like, I'll think about this and that, but, I mean, I already have, you know, I've been doing this job for X amount of years, and yeah, how long have you been working there? Six and a half years. Oh, that's right, that's right. You know, and like, that's a lot of commitment. I have like, you know, thirteen years left to retire. And Must be nice. <laughs> I, it's shit like that. Like I look on, and like this is like my main source of income. Yeah. You know, and it, it it takes care of everything for me. And like I don't, I you know all those ideas and like things that were brought to me by these people in the, in the industry. I mean, I have it in my head and everything like that, but I mean, it's just I wouldn't have time to do it and. You know, it was awesome that they offered it, but I mean, I, I just couldn't, like, I love to, like, be able to live by my own rules and do what I want to do. Like, I don't ask for the products and stuff like that. I still have them hit me up saying, like, yo, where you been for the past couple months? How you been? Like, do you need anything? And I let them know, like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm comfortable. Like, I don't really care about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, so... I don't. I'm. I. I. I love being able to make. You know, like, do my own things. Like, I don't want to say, okay, like, you have to go here. Like, I don't want to be told where I have to go. I want to go where I want to go. If I want to go to this contest, I'll go to that contest. I don't want to have two events held together the same. You know, so close, and all of a sudden something's like, oh, listen, yeah, we need you to go over here. Blah blah. blah. Well, I don't want to go over there. Like, I, I like. I like my crew and like the certain people I know over there. Like. Yeah, that's the thing. I like to make up my own rules in life on where I want to do. I get to travel where I want to go and go to the events I want to go to. Yeah, you know, and, that's, and freedom, yeah. that's what it is. And, and like, I love to go out and see my friends skate and do the contest and compete. And like, my favorite contest of all time of anything that happens is the Tampa Pro. Hell yeah, Tampa Pro is the number one contest I would take over of anything in the entire world. That right there. Is like that's that's heaven on a skateboard. Yeah. It's ran by skaters, made by skaters, and it's you see people come out of the woodworks. You haven't seen, you never know who's gonna be there. Yeah. That's the thing, dude. You sit there and you'll go, this dude's still around, this dude's still alive. Yeah, you, you, know? go, you go to like a street league or you go to like a do tour, it's the same motherfuckers. You They're go like, to yeah. Tampa Pro, it's like whoever's yeah, there. You don't there, know who's like, gonna walk in. Yeah, yeah. You have no idea whatsoever. <laughs> like, there's been people that haven't haven't came to a Tampa for fucking ten years, yeah. and they just show up, dude, and they skate, and they're fucking killing it just like they did when they first stepped on board. And you're sitting there going, like, you know, I was like, oh, what do you do now? And someone will be like, oh yeah, well, you know, I do. Const- I'm a construction worker now. I'm doing this and that. And you're going like, holy fuck! Like you, you see these like legends and like all these people you looked up to skate, and then like you see all these like other coming, and then like 
sometimes you even see some of like the the uppers are doing like the dude tours and the street leads. They come in here and then they see someone come to Tampa and they go, "Holy fuck!" I have to skate against this guy. Like this dude's here right now. Like yeah. they don't they don't realize like you know and and there's there's a lot of competition. There's so much good people right now and like the only thing that's crazy is like when you have these mainstream contests. I think that's I love going to them. Yeah. But I also think that's what takes the fun out of skateboarding because there's so many underdogs in the industry and the ones that I think get the most recognition are the ones that of course have the most endorsements and the ones that It's a business, so correct. It turns into more of a business aspect than for the fun and love of the reason why you did it. And that's when you see the change in people. And I I, uh, I talk about this a lot. Not really on the podcast, but I'll talk about it now. Um, I, I On my Instagram and all I need, I always talk about like how skateboarding's for everybody. Everybody. So when it seems like skateboarding, when uh, it seems like it gets taken over by this contest side of things. Like you see Street League and it's fucking everywhere and for months because they just have them going on. It's like yep. all you see on Instagram and Facebook is just... Contest, contest, Nija, 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 winning, 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 winning. Like, congrats. He took every contest this year. Exactly. That's ridiculous. And, and uh, so what What I say is like, it's like, it's oversaturated with that bullshit. So there has to be a healthy balance. Because skateboarding is for everyone. It's not just for athletes. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think right now in the heart of skateboarding, it's getting pulled different ways right now. Because there's a battle for, you know, the, there's, people want to turn it into a sport to make profit. You know, not to, the pros too. The pros that are in those contests are making a lot of money. They're supporting their lives. They're living a certain lifestyle. They're like, they're on TV. They're they're keeping their sponsors. It it makes sense, you know. But here, but here's the thing. If it wasn't for the ones that are also the skateboarders that are not on that mainstream, skateboarding would crumble. Oh, absolutely. The the, the core foundation of it is the those guys shop. at the top. Right? Yeah, they would But who's be, the foundation that holds them all? Skate shops, like the skater owned the skater owned companies that build up the hype and rebuild the kids yep. up. Because it's like a bubble effect. Like these contests have been in, they come and go. Like years ago, Tony Hawk and fucking uh, Christian Asoy were in these huge contests and it was like everything was yep. big, big. And then they leave. Same with like Nike and Converse. They were in skateboarding and then they dropped their team and left. They've yep. done that a few times. So what happens is like. These huge companies and contests come in and they create this bubble effect and then it bursts and then everything falls down again and then who rebuilds it? The people that really love it carry on the torch and build it back up yep. so people can reach those heights. And and I agree, man. That's why I feel like it's pulled different ways now because it's like people want to turn it into a sport to make money off of it. Like someone like a Rob Dyrdek who does Street League and stuff like that. Um and then there's other like people, you know, like myself that's uh, trying to build a skateboard brand, and and I'm trying to like build up a community around it. I'm trying to help out small skate shops. I'm trying to help out local kids that are riding and let them live their dreams. Like hopefully I can give Goonin and Billy a pro board one day if they earn it, and travel and just build hype with kids and talk about the the art of skateboarding, you know. And um, I don't know. I. I I agree with you, man. I I, I think there's always going to be contests. When I say skateboarding's for everyone, I mean it's for everyone, not just Absolutely. just not just not just for me. 
Skateboarding means a lot to a lot of different people, and it means a lot of different things to different people. So I think there's always going to be that side of it, but I think there needs to be a fucking healthy balance between that because it's too oversaturated with people trying to make money off of skateboarding, and, and they're just selling it out to make money and rape the culture and so they can all live that fucking lifestyle and have the sponsors and the drugs. I think there needs to be a healthy balance where there's like the core side rises up a bit and gets just as much recognition. Like think about the shit that we fell in love with skating. Yep. Misled youth. Jamie Thomas building a brand. Like I used to, I used you know to go, I mean? my, first, Shorty, my first video like, I ever, I always watched before I used to go skateboarding was Welcome to Hell. Yeah, classic, classic. Yep. That That's what gets kids hyped on skating too, you know what I mean? With the bubble effect with contests in the mainstream is they get all these people in skating that aren't necessarily lifers. They get them involved, so then there's a flux of money coming in because people are buying socks uh, and paraphernalia and all this weird shit that, you know, you know. so there's a lot of people that are like, I'm hyped on skating for the moment, and then that bubble bursts. I would love to it. see every year or two. Street League, X Games, do tours, etc., etc. Just randomly throw out, like, okay, like, okay, we have, uh, you know, okay, we got our top dudes right here or whatnot. Well, let's throw in these underdogs. And whether they, some of them don't like to skate the contest whatsoever. There's yeah. some dudes that just like to skate street and do parts, and some just are so anti contest. Absolutely. But you have some that would sit there and be like, dude, like, might be their shot. That's their fucking shot. So it's like, hey, listen, like, we got this dude over here. Let's throw him in. Like, you know, you throw your throw these underdogs in. And you have these new dudes that are going to just take the top. It's fucking insane, dude. It's so, you don't turn pro for no reason. There's a reason why you turn a pro. Absolutely, absolutely. You know? So every, I think on that level, everyone should have a chance what, by their choice, you know? Yeah. But it, it doesn't hurt to come up and be like, hey, listen, uh be nice if you come out for this and that blah 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 you know but you, you don't see that because a lot of people will think oh well that's not where the fucking money is yeah, yeah, yeah. for me for me i think like what i look at now is I, I see i think that skateboarding should be more like music where it's like it's your expression the pro like there's a lot of people that have amazing stories you know what i mean we should celebrate these like amazing stories of like overcoming and creating and like the people the way they tick you know what i mean like the vh1 behind the music yeah yeah yeah. that type of shit i feel like that needs to be more celebrated and less it should be less competition and more cooperation because competition is cool but competition means that i have to be you to feel good and to get my trophy and to be like rewarded and be like i'm the winner but cooperation means you try hard as fuck I try hard as fuck. We do that together, and then we rise together. We build together. You know what I mean? And I think that's the, America needs that, not just skateboarding. Like, it's America's always been we're number one. Fucking beat everyone. Number one at everything. It's like, yeah, cool. We can beat everyone, and, and then they feel like shit. Sick. It should be more like let's work with these other places and other people, yeah. and let's all just work really hard together. And we compete with ourselves. That's called cooperation. When you do your job, I do my job, and we do it together. That's an amazing thing. That's a concept I think skateboarding in the world should pick up. You know, there's other countries that are already on that program, you know what I mean? But for our country, I feel like we need more cooperation and less competition because it's just not a healthy way to raise a kid. I hated, like, that's why I didn't want to be in sports because it was like... If you don't, if you're not the winner, you're the fucking loser. Those are the terms they gave you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how shitty is that to tell a six-year-old or a seven-year-old? 
Meanwhile, I'll do a private lesson or a skate camp, and I'll tell these kids, like, dude, you're as good as anyone here. We're all working. We're all in the struggle together. Let's all learn together. Like, you're battling that kickflip. He's battling a double kickflip. But it don't matter. Like, you do it your way, and you do it how you want with your style. And you, Like, that, to me, seems like a more productive, healthy way to raise people that are thoughtful and caring and passionate, you know, and compassionate, too. It's just like, that's why I think that's why the nucleus of skateboarding is fighting for the soul of skateboarding. I think skateboarding was more taught, in skateboarding-wise, and more bonded before these labeled mainstream contests came out. Say, say it again, I'm sorry. Like, I think everyone was more closer yep. than before Dutour, Street League, shit, like that the industry was a lot more in lock together. Yeah, like the same page type shit. Yeah, because what happens, it's the whole scarcity thing, you know? It's like, they scare you into thinking, like, if you're not doing this, you ain't doing shit. Mm-hmm. If you're not in Street League or your brand's not involved in Street League, you're not part of skateboarding. That's why with All I Need, it's like, my slogan is, we do what the fuck we want. Yep. If we want to go to Street League, we'll go to fucking Street League. If we don't want to go, we won't fucking go. Even if they invite us or not, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, if we want to start our own fucking Street League, you know what I mean? Like, to me, honestly, it's just... But it shows what you value. To me, I value video parts. I value fucking... Uh, I, I value just having a crew. I value building a community. I value every fucking small skate shop that does that. Because that's what that's what really keeps the industry alive. Like you said, like, dudes like JV... Dudes like uh, Aaron at Crudco, like dudes that own skate shops for the love, they ain't making shit for money, which they should. But, you know, and they're just keeping it open and they're building up these little kids and showing them about how skating can introduce you to all these friends, like you were saying. It's fucking, uh, and that's it's so that's what the industry core is, you know what I mean? That's why I'm able to have my, my brand, that's why we're able to do the trips we do and everything is because of shops like that that really build up the family community side of things instead of the competition side where it's just like there can be only one Nyjah and he's going to win every fucking contest and the rest of you the rest of the industry you're not even pro because you can't be Nyjah it's like get the fuck out of there like it shouldn't I don't think it should be there I think there should be a healthy balance there's always going to be the competition side there's always going to be the sports side but I think it's a little unbalanced right now like don't get me it's a lot unbalanced Nyjah's fucking sick yeah absolutely but at the same time there's all, you know, people are going to start losing. Not to say that, that you know, Nigel does fucking murder, no matter what. But, like, to see someone just constantly repetitive. Yeah, yeah. Taking it, you know. That's, I mean, to me, that's just going to be, it brings the enjoyment. The only reason that happens is because there's money involved. You know. It is what it like, is. Like, I was on, like, the edge of my seat, dude, like. When I was watching this last of championships, right? Yeah. And I was med text to fucking Tory Pudwell. Yeah. And I had it on there, dude. And I was about to say, con- you know, congrats on your fucking win. Duh, duh. <laughs> yeah. You know? I saw, and then all of a sudden, like, then fucking Nigel goes up and stuck that. I just go, like. He's someone shitting his Like, what ass. the fuck, dude? <laughs> what? Like, are you shitting me, dude? <laughs> so it's like, it's like, like, that's like, I. And that's the one, that's fucking, I don't know. I think that's what brings a lot of fucking hate in the industry too now is because so much mainstream shit is everyone, before everyone was on one level. Now, when different things come out, that's when the big time money, crazy money gets involved and boom. 
You know, he's living, he's loving living life, but he also has a fucking target on his back now. Yeah, and get it while you can. Get yep. it while you can, because that you can't will, knock on the what he's doing. The bubble bursts. But, get it while you can. The yep. bubble will burst. I don't care. You know, you might as well get it all while you can. But that, but the the only disparity I have is I just think there should be a healthy balance, and that's where all I need comes from. You know what I mean? So that's that's why like the people talking shit. If they're not doing something about it, they're just talking shit, and that's a waste of time and energy. So. Fuck them. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I don't know. That's an hour. It flies by, huh? Yeah, that's, that's crazy not right? at all. Um, yeah, I mean, is there any last words? Anyone you want to thank? Anything you want to just... If people want to follow you, any social media you want to plug? So if people have got questions or, you know, whatever. Anything you want to shout out? Yeah. Uh, love me or hate me. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's uh, at franchise boy. Spell it out. F-R-A-N-C-H-I-Z-E-B-O-I. And, uh, you know, I, I like to give a shout-out to um, Dirty Couture Clothing and Richmond Street Tattoo for hold, always holding me down. Uh, Wreck Wheels, uh, Skate Mafia, and uh, Grizzly. You know, Tori, Theodis, Desenzo, Sierra Fellas, Don Pierre. Shetler for having me here on the show. Dude. Like, there's so many fucking people I could thank right now, but this thing will probably take another hour long <laughs> with all the names I want just to route through for always taking care of me and, you know, making sure everything's good. But, you know, for all you listeners out there, you know, just I, I, I ignore all the negativity in my life that comes to me the best way I can. And I identify that through just smiling in everyone's face no matter what. And, uh, you know, for those who don't like me, I, I'm sure most of them don't even talk to me anyways. They do, you know, so that doesn't bother me whatsoever, you know. It's, you know what they're saying is, was it love me or hate me, but you still talk about me or think about me. So either way, you know, I still go to bed sleeping at night. You know, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. You know, I have a lot of people that do like me and, you know, and I am lucky and I'm blessed to be where I'm at right now. With everything. Am I making money off these companies and everything like that? Absolutely not. You know, I do pay for a lot of my things to go out to these things. And, like, I just choose what I want to do. You know, I mean, that's my freedom. Some people, you know, get up and go to the skate park down the street and meet up with their friends. Like, my friends, you know, fortunately, I'm lucky, you know, are just a bunch of pro skateboarders that travel these things. So, my thing and my stress relief is the pack up and travel that part of the country to, you know, let loose and ignore everything that goes on back home, you know, with work and everything like that. So that's pretty much it, Anthony. Cool. Dude. Yeah, no, thanks for coming, man. I, I think uh, a lot of people are going to, uh, definitely going to listen to this. And, uh, if you have any comments, please, uh, there's a photo on my Instagram at Anthony Shetler. You can leave a comment, uh, you know, Whatever you want to say about John or to John or just about the Shetler Show or anything we talked about on this podcast. Also, um, if you like the podcast, um, you might be listening on Podomatic.com, but it's also available on iTunes. And uh, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave a comment and rate us on there because that helps out a lot. Um, and please share the podcast, man. Um, Keep, keep it going. And if uh, you go to podomatic.com, we have a donation button. There are some fees that come with the podcast, and uh, all those donations go right to that. So that helps out a lot, you know. Um, but, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, uh, don't forget to follow All I Need Skate. Um, 
and skate is S-K-A-T-E. All I Need Skate on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And look for all the new stuff coming out. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And thanks, John. You're welcome. Peace. Yep.